On today's episode, we're talking product-led everything. First up, a chock-full Twitter thread by user pilots Azar Alishad on product-led growth, plus an AppQ's Salesforce launch, and the Product Marketing Alliance drops its 2019 state of product marketing. All this and more today on Recur Now. We're here at ProfitWell's Boston HQ this Thursday, October 10th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Now your daily subscription digest. User pilots Azar Ali Shad has begun his latest Twitter storm with quite the compelling question for the product peeps out there. How do you run sales in the era of product-led growth? It's a good question, and Azar obviously knows the answer because he tweeted out a string of responses making for one long but informative thread. And we know PLG has been used by some of the most successful SaaS companies for years, but it's actually only in recent months that the wider community has taken full notice of it. And I find this tweet certainly relevant because I feel like I've seen a lot of PLG articles lately. So Azar breaks down what PLG means, how to do PLG sales, and how to qualify users right from the beginning. Super helpful. Exactly. And I really like how he brings in how user pilot does this itself. So you know his advice is credible. Yeah, I think using his own company as testimony is it's good for credibility. But I'm curious to know what you think his argument on how PLG is important right now is. Well, Azar points to the market as huge here. He also looks to customer demand and customer acquisition cost as increasing. And as we know, PLG can improve your customer lifetime value. And if we look at the product-led version versus sales-led approach, there is a solid juxtaposition here. Yeah, I could see that juxtaposition for sure because traditional sales is literally cold. You're cold calling, you're cold emailing, whereas PLG feels a little more natural. You're using your product as an intro to customers. And I think our ProfitWell team would agree with PLG. Um, of course, we believe, though, that having a strong product, it's accompanied by strong pricing as well. Yeah, and in the end, it's almost like we're back to English class, right? He says it's all about showing, not telling. I do love a good session of show and tell. Brings me right back to the fifth grade. All right, thank you to Azar for bringing it to Twitter, dropping the knowledge on the regular. You can follow him for yourself directly at Azar Shad. That's A-A-Z-A-R-S-H-A-D. And we're officially joining the party as AppQs tweets out information on its new integration with Salesforce in an aim at creating better customer conversation. So what's it all about? Well, AppQs founder Jonathan Kim is saying the real power of this integration is that it's bi-directional. With the launch, users can target and segment in-product experiences in AppQs based on fields in Salesforce. So think plan type, lifecycle stage, and MRR amount. And apparently no technical technical skills are required to map the data, but once I get my hands on it, I'll see if that's if that's really true. On the flip side though, with the integration, you can update a lead in Salesforce when they complete your AppQ's onboarding checklist, generate a list of users who've completed a goal, or tag contacts in Salesforce with their NPS score. I hope this one's a helpful hint to you guys. Back to you, Abby. The Product Marketing Alliance releases its State of Product Marketing Report for 2019, a consensus to better understand the role, which surveys the product marketing community to delve into its influence, responsibilities, organizational structure, and more. The report also contains interviews with 10 product marketing gurus from 
big companies like HubSpot, Intercom, Typeform, Twitter, Uber, and Envision to get their recommendations on what the product marketer role should look like today and in the future. But why create such a report and why care? Well, it's aiming to create a consensus and deeper understanding of the role. Since there's so much variation in what product marketers actually do across different types of operations and industries, the report points out, it makes it difficult to define the role. But product marketers can't live up to their true potential if there isn't a clear vision and definition of responsibility. So we want to know what one of ProfitWell's own thinks of this one. Neil, you're the product go-to here. What's up for the future of this realm of marketing? Is this state of marketing report even something you should care to heed? I think this report is extremely accurate just because of how it captures not only the frustration, but the realities of how product marketing has evolved in subscription companies today. And the report finds that most product marketers surveyed are responsible for five plus products. Is that just absurd? Yeah, that's really high. I mean, when I think through the pillars of product marketing, everything from positioning, packaging, pricing, and beyond, that's a lot to own, right? So to do it well and to do it thoroughly and to be creative, an age where it's only become harder and harder to become noticed, that's very surprising, but understandably difficult from this report. And they talk about frustrations of product marketers. Do you agree with any of these? I totally agree with it, right? Number one, no one, there's no consistency in who owns product marketing. It's different at different companies. So some companies it's under product at other companies it's under marketing. And that means that there's no ownership and there's no set way of how to go about influencing the rest of the company. Lack of resources and bandwidth is a constant struggle, I think, for product marketing because, of course, design and engineering and product typically get the, the lion's share of these resources and marketing sort of seems like the secondary thought. But the reality is that this distribution is just as important and, and shouldn't be. They also mention advice for decision makers like better defining PM roles and giving these marketers a seat at the leadership table. What's something different you might personally advise? I think it would go a long way for decision makers and leadership to start hiring product marketing earlier, right? When you bring product marketing in when there's already a system in place for product development, for content marketing, for distribution, for all the other functions of marketing, it sort of seems like it's not a priority and valued. So number one, bring product marketing in earlier to be an integral part of the culture and the process of the team. And the report uncovers all sorts of good if you're tight on time, there is an overall findings page. But if you're curious for more, you can download the report in full. We'll send you a link in your subscriber newsletter. If you're not signed up, as always, head to recurnow.com for Intel on the reg. And that's a wrap on today's subscription news. Next, our ProfitWell crew plays a game of name your price, answering how much Abby would have to pay them to let our CEO read their Slack messages. On today's Name Your Price, I'm joined by Tony Zhu, John Mangini, Devin Batia, and Brianna Van Tynan. How much would I have to pay you to let our CEO read your slacks? Devin's writing a novel. That's all right. I'd like to read it. <laughs> all right, Tony, you're up. I'm going to go with $100,000. Oh, wow. I'm going with 1000 What's in your Slack? One hundred dollars. Wow. Twenty thousand a month or two hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> Good nice, math. Devin. Good math. One hundred dollars. <laughs> Woo! Ooh, wow. There's some All right, Tony. There. You need to explain first. Tony, what's I just, in your Slack? I Slack you the most. You should know what's in my Slack. <laughs> I just feel like I have opinions, and and those are and those are my opinions. <laughs> okay, respect. I mean, yeah, I feel like the thousand is 
anything in my Slack's not that bad because if it would be that bad, it'd go to text probably. Yeah. So like nothing's that bad, but still to have the privacy a little bit, I want it. However, that being said, anyone in the company can, oh, PC can read anyone's Slack. I know. Does everyone know that? <laughs> no, I was not aware of that. Yes. That's not, <laughs> that is not private. Delete, delete, I'd like to change this my answer. This is probably a good question for yeah, that, <laughs> So now you're aware. Yeah, I say a hundred bucks because I, I got nothing to hide. May that, as well get a hundred bucks out of it. That's fair. I don't have anything to hide either. I just like to try to get some extra income if I can. Uh, but and I privacy. figured, you know, twenty thousand a month. These are, you know, my unfiltered thoughts that are going mm. out there that are ultimately going to drive more value for this company. Mm. And mm. in terms of what we all know, I'd rather just take a lump sum payment and just have it all locked in. So just give me the two hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay, so mine's a hundred um, because I don't have a lot to hide or anything. And I'd like to get something out of it, so I might as well get like a nice fancy dinner. And I think he might find out I'm a genius. <laughs> It'll help my Ooh, uh, career. I, I don't think that happens. To me. <laughs> where, can you, where can you get a nice fancy dinner for a hundred dollars? It's a really great place in the market. Yeah, right, there there you cool. talk about what he's talking about. Yeah, we're balling. Right, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Same mindset. What about your text? <laughs> Ooh, that Te- would be a whole text. Oh, I think <laughs> I think text is a that's a different animal. That's personal too. The question would be like, why would he want to read my text? True. I don't know. You I know it's very true. There's just lists of you know random. Stuff. I would want to read your text. I, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some parts where to. I'm just going to just laugh my ass. I've off. seen just me <laughs> telling angry anecdotes about why I can't drive. That's perfect. Or why you don't like children? <laughs> Absolutely. I would for sure read those, Tony. tomorrow's weekend wisdom. The ceiling of the company is really the CEO's capacity to grow and desire to keep growing. Find this and more like it on recurnow.com. October 10th episode is in the books. Remember, if you have news you want to share, let's collaborate. Send me a note at abby at recurnow.com and we'll see how we can get things going. We want to feature our neighbors in this space, so we're all in the know. And if you have teammates or pals that aren't already on the list to receive daily episodes, get them over to recurnow.com to sign on up.